I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're... The, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds! Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Nerds! Nerds! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Irreverent Nerds podcast. Irreverent. I... I am host number one, only because I was the first host, not because I'm more important than Will. Will is equally important. We we are egalitarian on this podcast, so I am co-host number one. I'm right, number two. I mean, co-host number two. <laughs> Will is co-host number two. He he came he came on a few episodes in to the podcast. As a guest host, for those of you that have been following us along the way, we talked about all things Batman the very first time my good buddy Will here came on and joined me, and we had a blast. So, hey, go back and listen to that episode, because it's really good. Yeah. So, is this like one of those recap episodes where they didn't film anything, and they're just showing us clips from all the old episodes? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, we do have a new topic for this week. So... Nerds, we are talking about a subject that is near and dear to Mr. Boyer's heart, and that is Ghostbusters. Uh, If you haven't already picked this up listening to the podcast, you will know now that this is one of Will's favorite properties in the sci-fi fantasy genres. I'm just hoping you're not picking up how I'm eating right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we both just... uh, or finishing the edges of our dinner. It's a Monday night. We're recording on a different night this week because Mr. Boyer was in Myrtle Beach last week. And it's uh, on you, it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is like the night before this releases. So this is a little more off the cuff. There's not going to be much editing. We're just going to put this out into the world. You know, if it flops, it flops. If it succeeds, it succeeds. It is what it is. I was meaning to ask you if you recorded anything for tomorrow. I didn't realize this was it. <laughs> this is it. This, this is it. it. I thought this was for next week. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. This is for tomorrow. Yes, sir. Well, hey, Will, tell us a little bit about your trip to, to Myrtle Beach because uh, I know you sent me pictures and also told me a couple things about some nerdy things you did while you were there. So uh, you want to talk about the uh, museum first or yeah. the movie first? The movie. All right. Oh, oh, I did that when I got back. Okay, so, uh, yes, uh, my wife Mandy and I went to the Wax Museum at Myrtle Beach. Uh, they had Bill Murray there. Uh, Bill, Bill Murray on a golf course. Uh, elderly Bill Murray. And they also had John Luke Picard, a.k.a. Patrick Stewart, uh, and Leonard Nimoy as Spock. Uh, I got to, they had some props available, so I got to put on a red shirt with Spock where I'm looking at the red shirt and like, oh no, I'm in a red shirt. And then uh, I got to get on the uh, transporter with Picard in a a gold shirt. Was it gold? No, blue. No, I don't remember. It it wasn't red. You know, my captain, my captain, I'm not going to fight you for your title. Well, gold gold is one of the colors that was on TNG. so, So maybe it was gold. Didn't Riker wear gold? I'm pretty sure he did in the beginning. Uh, no, I think he, I think Thomas Riker, you know that inf- infamous episode where Riker gets like split. Oh yes, I'm looking at the photos now, and yes, you did have a gold uniform on while standing okay. next to Captain Picard. I just wanted the lower ranking. <laughs> yeah, I think well, Lieutenant Commander Data, I believe, has a. As a goal, He's but I think gold. I think once you become a full commander or and or a captain, then you wear red, if I'm not mistaken. Although that's a little confusing. I think the pips on the color have more to do with rank than anything else. Because, okay. um, yeah, because I mean, obviously, if you go back to the original series, you have the red shirts like they're like the. You know, the people that die in every episode. Yep. <laughs> and they're usually lower on the totem pole. The uh what are those rats that jump off cliffs? 
the <laughs> lemmings. That's it. Of the lemmings of space. But no, that that that's pretty cool though. Um, did they? I know you mostly sent me. I think you only sent me pictures of the Star Trek. But I'm assuming you mentioned they oh, had Bill, yeah. Bill. They had Bill Murray. Did they have any other like sci-fi fantasy properties there? Well, they had or Chris actors. Pratt. Chris Pratt was in a Jurassic World display. Uh, Dwayne Johnson was in a was in a gym. So I, you know, naturally got photos of me not being able to pick up a dumbbell. But uh, <laughs> um, I mean, oh, you know, I got a but photo. Wait, but wait, was Dwayne it Dwayne? Or... Was it Dwayne or Blaine? It was definitely Dwayne <laughs> this time. By the way, no one has voted in our in our poll yet, so uh, there's still no answer to that that question. <laughs> Never know. I guess the next time we watch uh, Love and Thunder, we'll have to listen for it. <laughs> yes, yes. When it's on Disney Plus, we'll have to yeah watch it again. You know, I've come to see that movie in a more forgiving light now that I realize it was always meant to be a comedy. I just didn't know that going in. Like a straight up complete comedy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that makes me less forgiving towards it because it's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it has screaming goats. Okay, we're getting I, off. I do, I do enjoy the screaming goats, and uh, there, there's some humor that does land well. But it, uh, that's the tough thing about trying to do comedy, especially if you're doing it in a universe where co- no one's made a straight comedy in the MCU. Yeah. So I mean, even even Deadpool was less of a comedy than Love and Thunder. I just want to point this out. That's true. It's there's some very serious stuff in it. It's very true. A lot of death, dismemberment, you know well ro- it romant- actual, romantic angst. The plot narrative wasn't destroyed or hindered by the comedy, that's all I'm saying. Yes. That that's where it's like Thor was it was just, it was trying too hard. And if it was trying to be a comedy it was still trying too hard. <laughs> What's that actor, Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, he was not in the Wax Museum. Oh, okay. But you know who was? Hmm. Will Smith. He smacked me. Oh, so okay. Got slapped by Will Smith. <laughs> uh, was Chris Rock but, uh, in there getting getting uh, slapped by Will Smith? No, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> so Will Smith was standing next to uh, Angelina Jolie. Oh, really not Jada Pinkett? No. Should have had him standing next to his wife. Ha ha ha. He's famous too. Wife's name out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I shouldn't talk about Jada. (laughs) (laughs) So so what else did you get to do on this trip that was nerdy? And and you can do I know you saw a movie. I'm gonna let you tell us about it, but you can do a spoiler free review. Well, I'll just jump to the movie I saw when I got back into town. Uh, j- just for the comedy and humor of it, we left the beach early because there was a raccoon in our rental house. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so like Friday morning, the nephew wakes up and there's a raccoon in the ceilings. So, then the raccoon walks and walks overhead. My wife is in the bathroom. She's like, "What's that? What's that?" What's that? <laughs> oh heck no yeah I'd, I'd be getting i'd be getting out of there too and i was like oh it's probably the squirrels they won't hurt you <laughs> well, it's one thing if they're going through your trash yeah. outside it's another thing if they get inside your house yeah but anyway so so i can we i can look back and laugh at that now but not that it scared me but uh it scared everybody else anyway uh it would have scared me if i knew it was a raccoon i guess <laughs> But uh, so we we got came back into town, and Mandy and I got to watch Jurassic World Dominion finally. And uh, spoiler free review: it was. Uh, I'm sad that I listened to the reviewers say that this movie wasn't good. I mean, it's not my favorite in the series, but it, it's decent. It is. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, and I want to see it again. Cool. Where would uh, where would you rank it among the was it six now? Well, that's a tall order, my friend, because I'm gonna have to spend more time thinking about that. But right now, unofficially, let's see. I'm going to rank it uh, par and par with Jurassic World three, 
but better than Fallen Kingdom. And okay. to be honest, uh, Jurassic Park one, well, Jurassic Park two, Lost World, and Jurassic World are my top favorites. Um, so those would go. Obviously, the first one being on top, but those would go above. Uh, Jurassic Park three and Dominion. I'm just not sure right now where Dominion falls next to Jurassic Park three. That's maybe you, maybe above it. I don't know. Don't know yet. So it's at least number. So you liked it better than Fallen Kingdom, but not necessarily better than Jurassic World, the first one. I actually liked Jurassic World, the first one. I enjoyed it too. Like, yeah. like, and I knew I knew that they were trying to kind of mirror some of the beats of the original and evoke some of the nostalgia of the original. And I knew that, you know, and it didn't, didn't really bother me that much. Like I, I, I enjoyed it. It was thoroughly enjoyable. It was cool to see the dinosaurs up on the big screen. Absolutely. Like, once again, it would have been what? 14 years at that point, 12, 13, 14 years since Jurassic Park three came out. I think. Oh, I don't even know. Wasn't that, 2007, 2004. I want to say 2002 or three, somewhere in there. Yeah, let's go with that. That's probably true. It wasn't 07. It, but it's been a long time. It's been a while. So, anyway, but you, you enjoyed Dominion. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I recommend it. You know, it's not as good as Jurassic Park, uh, the original, of course, but, you know, it's good and it. It uh, it fills in some plot holes, even plot holes, or or not really plot holes, but plot threads that were abandoned after the first movie. We get to go back and actually explore that. Ah, cool. Um, so it, it wraps up some plot threads from both the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World films, and uh, it does what it's supposed to do, and it's fun doing it as it does it. Nice. Can't ask too much more, I guess. Of uh. Yeah, because that that series is more or less it's been you know it's been a popcorn popcorn blockbuster kind of series you know it's made a lot of money it's a spectacle on the screen the characters are likable enough that yeah you know you don't hate them obviously <laughs> you know you, you you enjoy the ride more or less uh, but yeah it's like certainly better than the the Transformers uh, I don't even know oh what my gosh. Up to. Don't. <laughs> is it sick like like i i will admit i did enjoy seeing transformers on the big screen like the the actual transformers like that was pretty sweet yeah I, like I about that even though they look kind of weird they, they were realistic though yeah ilm did an amazing job uh with the animation like the cgi and stuff on that and uh and i, I am somewhat of a shia labeouf fan i i must say uh but he was he was a little annoying in transformers uh. But um, but I yeah. am a fan of his overall. He, he does some pretty good work. I'm I'm not a fan, but you know I probably need to give him more credit. Like Maybe it's have... just because he's a little annoying. Maybe that's all it was. Oh yeah, like his Sam Witwicky character is is kind Spike. of fringe annoying. <laughs> but uh, if you'd seen some, like for instance, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon is one of his recent independent films. Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter it's, Falcon. Uh, I I recommend it. It's a uh, excellent uh, indie film dakota johnson's also in it and uh yeah he did a really good job in it like yeah he, we, he tends he tends to do better in independent films i think should we talk about this name <laughs> i don't know it's like the falcon eat peanut oh, butter or is it a falcon made out of peanut butter i'm trying to remember where the name comes from within the context of the does film does he love peanut butter and they call him the peanut butter falcon he's like the cookie monster I, I'm trying to recall because, like, the the basic plot of the film is that um, someone who was born with Down syndrome, and I think he's living, like, being cared for and living in a nursing home. So I oh. guess his his parents couldn't take care of him, uh, and he es escapes slash is helped to escape from the nursing home. He has this dream of competing or training to be a wrestler like a wwe oh. type, type wrestler and he saw this this video of a you know a former wwe wrestler or something like that that had a training camp at 
someplace. Yeah. So he has this dream of going to the training camp and being trained to be a wrestler. And uh, after he escapes, he runs into Shia LaBeouf's character. Oh, okay. And uh, the two of them, Shia LaBeouf is trying to escape some people that he has made very angry and like they kind of go on this journey together and, and, uh, has seems to have that problem. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I I really do recommend it. It's 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 a good good film. It's a critically well, critically acclaimed as well, from what I understand. Ah, uh, that actually sounds interesting. Uh, I might I might try to track that down. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. Like it. Um, when he plays when he plays in indie films, it seems like that's where he really shines. Cool. Like I think in, in particular. I have been and, uh, wondering why I hadn't seen him on the big screen in a while, so he's been doing indie. Yeah, he I don't think he's done a blockbuster in a bit. Um like a blockbuster type film. I think he's he's kind of migrated away from those a yeah. bit. I think his last blockbuster might have been Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which uh is controversial <laughs> yes. in the film. It is an Indiana Jones film. And uh, I must say, I liked him more in Transformers, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch Crystal Skull and give him another chance. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I I en- I enjoyed. I honestly, I did enjoy the alien part of it, to be honest. Or excuse me, extra dimensional beings. Extra dimension. Uh, that was actually kind of fun. I, I liked that part, and I, I don't think it was too far. A field of the original trilogy you know because they're they're hunting yeah. for mythical objects right so yeah so why not a crystal skull you know why not yeah, why not i mean the original yeah. trilogy it was about religious uh-huh. objects uh judaism christianity and then the middle till temple of doom i don't even remember the religion could have mm. uh that's connected to so no, it's, I mean, a, it's a different theme but why not you know, well, yeah, I uh, mean, yeah, why not? But yeah, there were some elements of the film that were just a little bit ridiculous, uh, like uh, Shia, like Shia LaBeouf swinging from vines <laughs> and uh, people being eaten alive by giant ants. Yeah, it's like, it's like okay, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's technically realistic. Yeah, that no, that that could happen in certain places in Africa, I think. Well, they call hmm. army ants. They can strip a live cow in seconds or something. Yeah, it's something about the way they edited it or something in the film that uh, didn't quite work. And I don't know. It had, uh, it's. Uh, I've only seen it once. But any anyway, so hey, have you uh, have you been reading any comic books recently, or anything yes, related yeah. to that world, manga, uh, I, comic books? I just finished two volumes of manga, which I read on my vacation. Uh, Yokaiden, volume one, volume two. And I'm thinking about doing a Japan jaunt on it. Uh, it was good. It, it wasn't like the best manga I've ever read, but it was good. And I found out, I went searching for volume three and it got canceled. So there's no volume three. That's sad. Oh. I picked it up, it up for $5 a pop at the five and below. So... So if you want a book about yokai, um, go to your bottom below, see if they have it. So there we go. I just ruined my, my material for Japan, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can yeah. talk about it more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Been a long day. Well, I've been, I finished reading the comic book you gave me for my birthday recently. Yeah. Speaking uh, of that, I found some more I want to give you. Oh, sweet. Yeah, like, so nerds, Will got me Batman was it Earth 1 Volume 2. Cool. Uh, the graphic novel, or the anthology, whatever you whatever you prefer, whatever term you prefer. But, um, <clears throat> I guess graphic novels more graphic accurate. Graphic novel. An anthology would be a mixture of different stories by different that's, that's true. That's true. Maybe you're thinking yeah. a trade paperback. Uh well this actually I guess that was a hardcover. It was, yeah. I guess I think graphic novel is a correct term. But no, that yeah. that's the storyline was excellent. Um now that I look at it, I was like, I can't remember if I did actually read volume one. I think I did. But either way, like volume two still made sense 
you know, they, and, um, yeah, it was really well written and, um, the art, art was good as well in it. So yeah, I recommend it. Batman Earth One. But speaking of Batman, uh, I picked this up today actually from McKay's. So I don't know if you could, well, you probably can't see it. Uh, uh, for it's disappearing. Of- for those of you that are listening, uh, Richard and I can see each other. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to show it too, Will, but it's a, a Batman black and white. You were on Zoom. And this is actually an anthology uh, written it's, by multiple artists. It's really weird how your green screen is just chopping that whole comic book out. Let me see if I can... Here we go. Oh, okay, Batman. cool. Yeah, Batman Black and White. Oh, I remember like, you uh, were really into Black and White, uh, the Batman Black and White series uh, a long time ago. Yeah, they did a series. I don't know if it's related to this, but they did a series of motion oh. comic motion comics. It might be related to this. They did a series of motion comics where they uh, animated, you know, some of the comics. And they, it was called Batman Black and White, so it may be that it was from this I series, assume. but... But this is an anthology, um, and it won the Eisner Award, apparently, for Best Anthology, and nice. also for Best Short Story. And uh came out in 1998. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and what's really sweet about this particular edition is that when I opened it up to the back, I saw that it came with uh, Blu-ray and DVD. What? Uh, yeah, of uh, Batman Gotham Knight. I was like, heck yeah. Like, you and I have talked a little... Or right. I, I brought that up before on our podcast. Like, Batman Gotham Knight is itself an anthology. And uh, it's an anthology of... Of... Essentially, anime style. Like, it's little little vignettes or episodes, if you want to use that term. Yeah. Each one has its own uh, independent storyline, and each one is done by a different uh, well-known anime director from Japan. So, like, each one has a unique art style. Now, the voice actors, I believe, remain the same throughout the course of the anthology film. But, um, but yeah, each one has a different storyline and a different art style. So it's it's really sweet. Like, I'd seen it years ago. I think I had it on iTunes at one time and then I lost that iTunes account. So I hadn't seen it in a long time. And when I saw that in the back of this, I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to get this. Like the, con- the graphic novel is cool enough on its own. And then that's like a, a bonus <laughs> in the back. And you said you got that in case. Yeah. Just 14 cool. bucks. Hey, that's a really good price. coming with a heck yeah. Nine in the back. Yeah. And it's basically new condition. Like whoever owned it took really good care of it. That's, that's, that's pretty great. pretty sweet deal there. I'm sure it'd be like closer to at least thirty bucks if I've got it brand new. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, like pretty dang cool. So that that's uh, I haven't started reading that yet, but I will very soon, and also be watching the Batman Gotham Knight. Speaking of McKay's, uh. A new store opened up in our local mall here in Camel City, uh, Video Game World. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome place. Uh, I'm really impressed by their manga section. Hmm. Yes, they have a manga section in the Video Game World. They okay. have gotcha machines. They've got like, what, eight gotcha machines in there. And if you don't know what that is, that's a Japanese gumball machine, except it, it spits out basically what looks like a Pokeball from Pokemon, and you have a little toy inside. Nice. Uh, or a little keychain or something. Um, so, yeah, just a little plastic capsule. It's a capsule machine, a gotcha capsule. But um, I still like the case better, though. I want I want to, to tell everybody about Video Game World. Go check them out. But I got to be honest, too. You know, McKay's is still king. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool, though. You know, they got some uh, some cart games and cartridge games from the 90s and 80s and pretty much every system uh imaginable oh yeah like mckay's as i've mentioned before here on the podcast is like nerd heaven 
you know, yeah. and I don't know how big, I don't know how big the one in Greensboro is now, but uh, the facility here in Winston-Salem, they uh, purchased or leased a, a much bigger facility than yeah. the one they originally had. So it's massive. And yeah, they've got all kinds of stuff there. Like that's where, that's where I got this. And I just actually gave them a shout out on our Instagram cool. today. Um, I was showing off the, the graphic novel. I don't know if they saw it or liked it, but uh, if you're listening, anyone from McKay's, thank you for stocking so many amazing nerdy things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So we're about to wrap up this segment here. So when we come back, and I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but we are going to be talking about Ghostbusters. Oh, I did mention it. Never mind. Yeah, you did. I did. I so, had food hey. in my mouth and I didn't chime in. <laughs> Ghostbusters, coming up next. Nerds, Richard here taking a moment to talk to you about the podcast. First of all, thank you so much for listening. For those of you who do listen, wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or some other podcasting service... We would appreciate some feedback, whether it's in the form of subscribing to the podcast there or following us or engaging with us in the polls that we have. This is on Spotify specifically. We have polls and questions on almost every episode, so we'd be glad for your feedback. Also, if you'd like to leave us a voice message, you can go to our website. It's anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd and click the message button there to leave us a note. We will, as I said, include it on next week's episode. So, nerds, reach out. Let us know how we're doing. And now, back to this week's episode. And we're back. All right. So, on to the main topic of the episode. Ghostbusters. So, well, where would you like to start? I mean, I suppose it would make sense to start with the original 1984 property, but what do you think? Well, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about the origins of Ghostbusters, uh, who the creator was, uh, and why he was inspired to create Ghostbusters, and some other factoids, but uh, I guess for... That's cool, man. Yeah, for for those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, let's go there. Origins. Well, right before we do that, I guess it would be fitting to explain to people who might not know what Ghostbusters is. Uh, what is Ghostbusters? Well, well, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson, uh, with Annie Potts, starred in Ghostbusters in 1984. Uh, it was uh, directed by. Um, Ivan Reitman, sorry, little brain fart there. Um, it uh, it was a it was a big success. It inspired a cartoon series and a second film. Um, and a bunch of us kids who who grew up in the eighties and nineties are now running around in costume. <laughs> a little joke there, but yeah, yeah, I'm a cosplayer, Ghostbusters cosplayer. But anyway. The premise of the film is that our main characters are scientists who need money to continue their scientific research, so they decide to go into business as exterminators. They uh, get rid of pesky poltergeists that are bothering their human neighbors, uh, then throw them in a containment unit in the basement. Uh, They get shut down by the EPA, uh, but... Uh, the mayor has to let them back out of jail because they're the only people who can save the world from a ghost apocalypse. And that's basically the premise of both the first and second movie. Um, and, and and the weekly episodes of the cartoon series is, you know, conflict and they're there. They can do it and they do it. So, uh, Forgive me if I. Uh, well, here's here's a. I was looking up a little trivia myself. Yeah. Here's a here's a weird thought. 
when the movie, the original, came out, Bill Murray is younger than you and I are now. Yeah. He was 34 years old. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Yeah. It, it, interesting to like watch movies where like, wow, those guys are so old. And now I'm older than they were when they were in the film. So it's like, it's interesting. Did you know that in eight years, the 80s will have been 50 years ago? Well, yeah, 1980. Yes. But yeah. We're getting Sad. old, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting old. So, um, and I'm getting tired. So, <laughs> old hang, and hang tired. With me here, it's been a bit. It's <clears throat> been a busy day for both Richard and I. Uh, so Ghostbusters. Uh, I want to talk about who created Ghostbusters and why. So Dan Aykroyd created the Ghostbusters, uh, or at least the Columbia Sony Pictures Ghostbusters. Uh, and the reason why is because he comes from a long uh line or at least uh his father and grandfather i think uh, i could be wrong of ghost hunters so the paranormal and interest in the paranormal it runs in his family um so you know he was interested in that kind of stuff uh he was exposed to it from a young age and uh so he's a saturday saturday night live actor and uh Blues Brothers. Uh, he just got done filming Blues Brothers with uh, was it Jim Belushi or John? I think it was Jim. That sounds uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Th- those two are the Belushi brothers. One of them is still with us today. I think it's John. But so Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd are best friends, and they just did Blues Brothers together. And they're looking for their next film, and Dan Aykroyd's like. Ghostbusters. I mean, he didn't have the name yet, but he had the concept. Except his concept was vastly different than what we saw in 1984. He wanted the film to take place in an apocalyptic future where the ghost had already won, and the Ghostbusters were just janitors cleaning up the mess. Uh, the It would have featured uh, a spaceship time travel and interdimensional travel and space travel all in the same movie uh the stay Puft marshmallow man who is the uh basically the ghost kaiju uh, of the film was not was only one of many different giant monsters that dan Aykroyd wanted to create for the original concept uh now he brought this to Ivan Reitman, and Ivan Reitman said, "This is this is not in the budget. We can't do this." <laughs> so he got Harold Ramis involved, and Harold Ramis helped Dan to tone it down uh, to make it more relatable and more within budget. So now it takes place in present day New York City, and uh, so Dan is the original creator, uh, but it just needed to be polished by Harold Ramis. Uh, around this time, Jim Belushi dies of a drug overdose, which is very sad. Um, and they cast Bill Murray in the role. As a matter of fact, there's rumor that Bill Murray was not supposed, to, didn't want to be in this film. There's there's rumor they told him he wanted to make his own film, and they said, "Okay, we'll make it if you star in Ghostbusters." And uh, he does. I don't think they made this film, though. I think they conned him. But uh, they get him to do Ghostbusters. Uh, I'm glad he's in it. He does a great job. And uh, the fourth main character of the film is Ernie Hudson. But believe it or not, before that, they had actually wanted uh, Eddie Murphy for that role. So the original lineup of Ghostbusters would have been Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Jim Belushi, and Eddie Murphy. Uh, oh, and let's not forget Rick Moranis. Uh, he played the nerd in the film, but originally John Candy was cast, and he actually was on set. Uh, but they uh, decided not to go that route because John Candy wanted to change too much of the script. Um, so that's how we got Rick Moranis instead of John Candy. 
John Candy wanted his, the nerd to be German. He wanted the nerd to have two dogs, like uh, German Shepherds, I think. And uh, so they eventually realized John Candy just wasn't right for that particular character. Uh, but what a movie that would have been, right? That would have been very vastly different. Eddie Murphy could not commit to his role because he was already committed to a different film. So Ernie Hudson was instead cast in the role of Winston Zeddemore. Uh, unfortunately, Ernie was done dirty because he was supposed to be a scientist with the other three actors, his character, and he was supposed to introduce him in the beginning of the film. But because Ernie Hudson was a less known actor than Eddie Murphy, uh, instead they introduce his character Winston Zeddemore in some somewhere in the middle of the film. Uh, so that was very disappointing to Ernie Hudson, but but you know he he didn't stay bitter or anything about it. You know he loves Ghostbusters and he might be he and Dan Aykroyd might be the biggest uh, Ghostbuster fanboys. Anyway, um, so that's a little bit of background, uh, some factoids for the first film. Now, what's interesting is that there were several other names for this film, uh, Ghostbreakers being one of them. Uh, and the people that worked on this film, the actors, Ivan Reitman, uh, were really wanting Columbia Studios, Sony, to pay the rights to get this name because this name did not belong to them. This name actually belonged to uh, Filmation who had a live action black and white TV series from the 70s called The Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters starred, I haven't actually watched this live action show, but it starred two men and a gorilla, as in a man in a gorilla suit. And they went around, they chased ghosts or something. Um, and funny enough, you would think that the, uh, one of the characters last name is Kong. You would think it was the gorilla, but no, the gorilla's name is Tracy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so it's like, Oi, yeah. Tracy, what do you want Kong? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the part I don't get. I mean, I guess. Maybe they originally named him Kong, and they named one of the the people something Kong, but yeah, they had. I'm, I'm assuming it was a joke, but <laughs> yeah, I assume so too. I mean, well, Donkey Kong gets away with it without the people that own King Kong suing him, so I guess it must have just been a joke. Mm. But um, so Sony Columbia Pictures they buy the rights to the name Ghostbusters for the movie. But Filmation, who is now doing cartoons, decides to cash in on this. And, and later on, they they admitted that it was a mistake on their part. They shouldn't have done it. But uh, because it was a financial loss for them as well, they created a cartoon called Ghostbusters. Right after the theatrical film hits theaters and and it's a success. And now Columbia Sony Pictures is thinking about their own cartoon. Well, Filmation pops out Ghostbusters, which is completely unrelated to the film, but is related to the old black and white series. Uh, it stars uh, the sons of the original Ghostbusters plus the same gorilla Tracy, but it's a cartoon now. And we keep the whole Kong Tracy joke. Uh, I believe that the son's name is Jake Kong, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I got some of that on DVD. I'm not a huge fan of the Filmation Ghostbusters, but it's interesting, to say the least. Uh, there was a toy line and everything. And then a few days to a week after it released, we have the real Ghostbusters released on TV. And exactly is that, is that why it was called the real ghostbusters yes that's exactly <laughs> it it's because when they sold the rights they had this legal battle going on because they bought the rights to the, the name ghostbusters but apparently they didn't that did not include the rights to a cartoon called ghostbusters uh... and 
they and since the filmation put out their ghostbusters they couldn't put out a show with the exact same title so they called it the real ghostbusters <laughs> to uh show their superiority and the fact hey this is the one connected to that movie <laughs> this is the one you want that's funny yeah yeah i don't think i ever saw the funimation one but i, I did definitely see some episodes of the real ghostbusters right back Film- in the day filmation but if animation had made one i would watch it <laughs> oh sorry yeah filmation that would uh, be interesting now has there been i think has there been any animated series since the original the real ghostbusters oh there has um in 1997 there was the extreme ghostbusters weird title but uh it was pretty good it was darker than the original uh some crazy things were allowed to happen that the original would have never allowed like ghosts performing unnecessary surgery on some random victim things <laughs> like that yeah um it was it was great um some of the characters are weird uh when i say weird i mean different they're different than the movies they're different than the original cartoon the, the original cartoon we've got well, first of all, we've got Garrett in the wheelchair and um, and Roland. Yeah, Roland, the the black member. Uh, they wear the flight suits just like the original characters in the movies do. But then we've got Kylie Griffin, my favorite, personal favorite character, and Eduardo uh, Riviera, I think. Or is it Rodriguez? I think it's Riviera, though. Um, and and I have seen this. I own both the Real Ghostbusters and the Extreme Ghostbusters, the entire series on DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, and, and that show is basically just testing the water. They wanted to test the water to see if people would be interested in a third film that replaced the original ca- uh, characters and actors with uh, new actors, new characters. So in the Extreme Ghostbusters, we have this new team uh being led by egon spangler from the original cartoon series and it was pretty good uh i kind of got off track the reason why eduardo and kylie griffin are different is because they don't wear the flight suits i mean kylie griffin is this little goth girl uh and she uh wears a bright yellow football uh quarterback gear you know, so she's got this big quarterback chest plate. Um, and Eduardo just wears street clothes and just slaps a, the Ghostbuster logo on his t-shirt sleeve because he can't be bothered to wear to wear a uniform. <laughs> I can wear a uniform, man. Yeah, pretty much. He was the slacker of the team, but uh, <laughs> so that was a little different. But they they at least made the characters unique. They did make them unique. Uh, I still question why Kylie Griffin wears a football chest plate, but I guess that's where the name Extreme came from or comes into play. Well, just in case you have to tackle a ghost, right? Or I guess other, so. Or other in, otherworldly entity. Maybe they just want her to look more imposing since she's short. <laughs> Yeah, I never saw any episodes of that one, but like I like I said, I do remember seeing a, at least a few of the the real Ghostbusters, and one in particular, for whatever reason, stands out to me. There's an episode where now I'm being I may be getting this mixed up with another '80s cartoon, to be honest, but um, I think there's one where they fight mutant tomatoes. Oh, that was actually the Killer Tomatoes. That was a that was an actual cartoon. Okay, so that was an actual series. So never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We could do an entire podcast just on that, but yeah. For some reason my brain had this memory of Egon fighting against tomatoes. I don't know why. It's funny how the brain can can uh converge things sometimes. Well, I don't know. There could have been an episode with possessed produce, but mm. off the top of my head I don't remember one. Yeah, but no, I do remember, now that you mentioned the name, I'm like, yep, and I did watch some of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes back in the day. 
good old 80s cartoons am i right <laughs> yeah well believe it or not the fact that killer tomatoes was based on a live action film uh, <laughs> uh, there's something you've got to see now <laughs> uh, uh, hollywood have you ever seen the blob i i have but it's been a very long time <laughs> very long time so all uh, i remember is the blob killed killed people yep. sucked them right out. A giant moving pile of jello. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to eat you, not the other way around. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea if there's any British people in that movie, but that's the accent that came to mind. No, you're just elevating the movie. That's all. That's right. Yeah, gotta get a little, <laughs> a little bit of an accent in there somewhere it's like oi <laughs> what is that <laughs> so um i guess that for as far as the origins of ghostbusters i guess that wraps that up okay as you can imagine, uh, if I didn't say it already, the filmation Ghostbusters cartoon didn't last. It confused people, the toys probably didn't sell, and it was not a commercial success. Whereas the real Ghostbusters got several seasons. So how old were you when you saw the film Ghostbusters for the first time? Well, that's an interesting question, because I don't know, actually. Uh, what I do know is that by the age of four years old, I was watching the cartoon and I was playing with action figures. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, which did you see first in your, at least as you remember, like the film or the TV series? Oh, definitely the cartoon. And I remember in 1989 when Ghostbusters 2 came out, I remember uh, that must have been when I was four, actually. And I, I remember the... Uh, the the coca-cola cans that says do not open there's a ghost inside and <laughs> i remember how hardy's had the little toys the ghostbuster 2 toys um but i wasn't allowed to watch to go to the theater to watch those because i wasn't old enough yet you know oh yeah like four years old yeah they, your parents shouldn't be taking you ghostbusters too <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's really tame for an adult, but or an older child, but for a four-year-old, it might have might not have been. Oh man, I think I remember. I did not see like we didn't go to theaters growing up as a family. We just didn't, and um, but I remember being aware of the second one when it came out. I would have been six when it came out, and I saw it on TV at some point after that, like age seven or eight, somewhere in there. And I rem- I do remember being creeped out by the the dude in the painting. Uh, oh, I can never, yeah. never remember his name. The character's name. V Eagle. V Eagle. Uh, you know, coming to life and like, like creepily staring at Sigourney Weaver, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember the slime coming out of the the bathtub faucet. Yeah. Those are like two <laughs> things I remember from watching it as a kid. So you said you saw the, uh, you think you've seen all the movies. I know you've seen the first two. Yes. Um, yes, I've seen all the movies. Like, so I've seen the first two. Well, it's been a long time since I saw the second Ghostbusters film. Uh, the first one, I think I've seen again more recently. But then I saw the 2016 release, you know, with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. And, and um and then, of course, the most recent one, cool. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, yeah, I wasn't certain if you'd seen Afterlife yet. Didn't we go to see it together? I feel like we did. I I guess so. I don't remember. Isn't that sad? I was talking to somebody else the other day. Spider-Man No Way Home. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I saw it with you. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is always happening to me. I remember the movie, but I don't always remember who I went to see it with. Ooh, I'm going to take your word for that. I think we did. That that sounds like something we would have gone to see together. As a matter of fact, now that you mentioned it, I, I do remember us going together. Yeah, because I, I can't think of anybody else that I would go with. 
I know you love Ghostbusters and I don't, not that I, not that my other friends hate it or anything. It's just that I don't have another friend who is enthusiastic about Ghostbusters. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. I enjoy that film. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's one we haven't reviewed yet, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it too. As a matter of fact, I, I like the 2016 one, not as different. It's not as much as I like after afterlife, but I think the 2016 film gets uh, undeserved hate sometimes, which yeah, triggers some people. But use that energy, people, in the comments. <laughs> it was it was enjoyable. Like I'm not necessarily a big fan of kind of the I don't even know what to call it. Like there there seems to be a, a modern trend where it's like like hey let's reimagine this property with someone of a different ethnicity or someone of a different gender. And it often doesn't work very well or right. isn't successful because I'm like, why do you need to do that? Like, like, is it really that necessary to to redo an old property and make it, quote unquote, more politically correct? I was like, why not just make a new film with really awesome female characters or really awesome black characters or, you know, Asian, what have you? Just make a new film with amazing characters. You don't need to remake one just because it had white men in it in the eighties, like it's not necessary. Well, you, know, that, you like, got a point there. That's true. But, and the the reason I say that is because the, I do believe the, from what I read and, and you could kind of tell a bit in the film as well, the director who um, was a man, interestingly, uh, I think he, I believe he was a gay man, but like he was a man. Um, he was a man. But he was also a feminist, from what I understand, which men can yeah, be feminist. that's true. Um, he was very kind of deliberate in in that he was trying very deliberate to to make that point. So you, some of that comes across like a little bit of the preachiness, and I'm like, uh, Ghostbusters is not really the the venue for that. Like, you know, go make another film that presents that point, but even. You know, I'm I'm more in favor of films like like Moana, for instance. That yeah. it doesn't have to hit you in the face with feminism, but Moana is a, a Disney movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, Moana is a very strong female character. Uh, the film doesn't feel the need for her to have any romantic interest. You know, she just she saves the day. Um, she does have a male counterpart, but he is helped by her as much as as much as she gets help from him. So it's like. And in many ways, she helps him more yeah. than, than he helps her. And she's definitely the heroine of the story. Yeah, and, and doesn't doesn't have to win a prince in the end. Same thing with Elsa in Frozen. Like, she, there's no romantic interest for her. She's just a powerful, intelligent female character who does... I was like, like that kind of stuff's legit. Like, you're creating a new property. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to just reimagine one. And it's like the way they should have made it. It's like... It's like, yeah. So that's I think, that's that's my little soapbox thing. And and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I wanted to point out Wonder Woman is another the live action Wonder Woman film as another strong female lead. Um, I mean, she does have a love mm -hmm. interest, but but uh, I mean she she's a strong female lead, uh, and I think that is important uh to have those. Um, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with a strong female lead having a love interest, you know, it's like um like Anna, for instance, in the Frozen movies has Kristoff. But that doesn't weaken her character at all. Like no. and he's he's very supportive, you know, but it's more of like the classic Disney trope of like, you know, the princess must be rescued by the prince, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, they, they kind of flip it on its head. In more True. recent films, just which is cool, but without feeling the need to like go back and remake something, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, and uh, and I used to feel just as strongly about the 2016 Ghostbusters, but I guess in recent years, I've kind of grown past that. And although I know it's still there, I, I just appreciate the film for what it, it is. And I just try to overlook those, those things. 
I did initially think that uh, Chris Hemsworth's character was too dumb. It it did seem like the men in the film were portrayed very, very dumb in their own ways. Like the mayor's nowhere to be seen for most of the movie, but there's a female liaison that represents him. Am I using the word liaison correctly? Anyway, just an intermediary, really. But but I think the film is good for what it is. But no, we don't want to see a reboot. We don't want a reboot. And that's, Afterlife stands on its own. It's really good just by itself. But at the same time, you know, we're playing in the same universe as the original two films. Um, There's no political message. We're just having fun. We're having fun in this. Uh, Jason Reitman is the director of Afterlife, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and he is the son of Ivan Reitman, who, by the way, passed away. Ivan Reitman passed away earlier this year unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they both of them, Ivan Reitman was a producer on Ghostbusters Afterlife, and just father and son, they got to to really bond and just spend this time together making this film. Uh, and, and Jason was a little kid on the set of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And, um, and I'm really glad that Jason got this time with his father before he unexpectedly passed away earlier this year. But uh, yeah, he just had, he just got to have fun with his beloved property uh, playing with his dad's toys, uh, his dad's sandbox, you know, if you understand my phraseology. Yeah. And once again, like the afterlife had strong female characters, but. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and it had humor as well, but it didn't come off preachy at all. No. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, no, here's just an amazing female character, you know. Yeah, she's young, but like she's a really cool female character and she helps to save the day. You know, it's like don't need to be in your face about it. She's just a cool character. It's like Yeah. True. So I, I like that. I like that. And that's not to knock Kristen Wiig or Melissa McCarthy. Like I think no. they're they're great actresses. I I love them in many of the things that they're in. Like Melissa McCarthy was in an a really amazing uh a hulu limited series uh, nicole kidman was also in it i cannot think of the name of it right now but it's it's on hulu if you look up the two of them in connection to hulu you'll probably find it but um both did excellent jobs of link muslim mccarthy of link was the producer of the series if i'm not mistaken and um obviously Kristen wigg has, has been in a lot of a lot of cool things um one that immediately comes to mind is the secret life of walter mitty which i think we talked about was it last week or the week Ooh. before and I was trying to tell, I was like, you need to watch this film. It's really good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Didn't we uh, interview Dan Johnson last last time? Yes, we did. So maybe it wasn't last week. It must have been the week before that we talked about it. Must have been. And uh, you, have not, you had not seen it yet, which I'm assuming is still the case. <laughs> it's still and, the uh, case. <laughs> but yes, it's, it's about as close to perfect as a film can get. I think it's, it's it like hits on almost every note, Um, you know. Yeah, it's just it's really it's really good, and Kristen Wiig is a important character in that film. So it's anyway, anyway. So yeah, so I just hope everybody hears me. Like that's not me bashing any of the actresses who were in the film. And uh, Kate McKinnon was my favorite, I think, character in that film. Like her her part was hilarious. Um, if she's the the one with blonde hair. I don't know if you're familiar with her characters on Saturday Night Live, but uh, yeah, she, uh, she, yeah, she was she was hilarious. I thought she kind of stole the show a little bit on the uh, the 2016 Ghostbusters. Cool. Are you talking about uh, the one that plays the actress that plays? Uh, I don't remember the actress's name, but she plays. Oh gosh. I mean, I think it's my favorite character of 2016 film, uh, but I'm just having a hard time remembering her name. You're talking about the really awkward one. The yes, yeah, the, she's that might she's, be a lesbian, but they don't say <laughs> she is delightfully awkward. Yeah, um, she is. She is uh, Holtzman. There we go, Holtzman. Uh, okay, I think yeah. that's my favorite character. 
Yeah, it was definitely my favorite character from that film. of that one. Yeah. And um but yeah, Kate Kate McKinnon is the actress's name. Right. And uh yeah, I don't know if that was her first film. Like might have been. But yeah, she's been on Saturday Night Live for quite a long time. I think still is, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. Um but yeah, she's she's a very funny comedian. And uh yeah, I also love her and which incidentally Kristen Wiig is also in this film, uh a comedy that I highly recommend called uh, Masterminds. So Zach Galifianakis is in it as well cool. as uh Owen Wilson. So Well, as far as Ghostbusters goes, uh you know, we haven't even touched up on the rich history of the Ghostbuster video games from the computer and Atari on upward. We haven't touched up on the rich history of the now and Marvel Ghostbuster comics or the IDW or 88 mile per hour idea um Ghostbuster comics. Well, there's been a lot of content. That's my point. There's been a lot of content past the uh movies and cartoon shows. Well, we have five minutes. <laughs> you wanna <laughs> regale regale us with tales of some of these? Like what's your favorite Ghostbusters video game? Uh well that would have to be the two thousand and nine uh game called the Ghostbusters the video called Ghostbusters the video game. I put the in the wrong place. And that was remastered just here in the last year or so. Uh, that would definitely, hands down, be the best, in my opinion, Ghostbusters video game. But there's been a few a few good ones. Uh, Is that the one that was considered canon, where Dan Aykroyd actually got involved in writing some of the... Yeah, that was it. And everyone, Bill Murray, Hilary Ramis, obviously Dan, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, they all... Came back to reprise their characters. We even had a character being played by Doyle Murray, uh, Bill's brother. Uh, and uh, a new a new actress to the film uh, series. But yeah, whether or not that film is still canon to Afterlife is questionable. But But I really love it and I count it as canon still. Cool. But uh, yeah, just a rich, rich history of Ghostbusters content. Uh, there's plenty of plenty out there for everybody. There's even comic books about the 2016 Ghostbusters. Oh, okay, yeah. I know you read a, I guess an Americanized, but or American produced, but oh. Ghostbusters manga we talked about not too long ago. Yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, there's so much out there; it's easy to forget. But. Uh, yeah, that's by Tokyo Pop, and that might be out of print for all I know. And is there has there been comic comic book properties as well? Like, if so, like what what publishing company handles that if they want? You mentioned there was one for the twenty sixteen, or based off of the twenty sixteen. That was the IDW publishing company. They have within the last couple of years or so lost the rights to Ghostbusters. I think that it was announced that Dark Horse or some other publishing company would get Ghostbusters next, but but just in case I got the information wrong, don't quote me on. I was going to guess Dark Horse because that that sounds like something that would be up their alley. Yeah, so I know they're one of their big properties is uh, Hellboy, correct? Uh, correct, correct. Or maybe their first big hit, Dark Horses. Well, I don't know what their first big hit was, but. Uh, they also had Stan Sakai's Usagi Yojimbo for a very long time. Uh, mm. I don't know. I always consider Dark Horse to be right below Marvel and DC. I always thought that they were they were a big publishing company, but I don't know. Yeah, they probably. I don't think they could be called indie anymore. I would imagine like they're pretty good size. They've been around a while. Um, although I'm certainly not. You're more up to speed on comic world than i am so oh i don't know everything it does seem like they've been around for a while and and have like they have their own section at mckay's for instance (laughs) well we'll just say it this way i never knew they were considered an indie publisher so that's news to me yeah maybe maybe only at the very beginning i don't know yeah maybe i'm just not keeping up 
All right. Well, we're down to our final minute here. So, so guys, you, uh, you heard it from us. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife yet, the most recent Ghostbusters film, you should check it out. Uh, we might do a review of just that film at some point. Um, but today was kind of just an overview of, of all things Ghostbusters. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of content out there. If you haven't dipped your feet in that, that river yet, give it a try. Obviously we recommend, I'm assuming, will you agree the the first film and 84 film start with that? Oh and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Probably not the black and white TV series. From no, the <laughs> no, not, not, not unless you want to watch a man in a gorilla suit run around chasing ghosts. <laughs> well, yeah, and then chronologically from there, you got the real Ghostbusters TV series, and then you got Ghostbusters 2, the, the film that came out in 89, then you have Extreme the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Ex- Extreme Ghostbusters, yeah. then the video game, I guess, would be next, the one from 2009, right? Well, like, well it, it, not not all of it's in canon, but that would come before Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh, okay, can't, in terms of chronology. Yeah. I was thinking then, more in terms of release date, but, but yeah. Right. Oh no, that did release after that, and then of course Afterlife, but yeah, twenty sixteen be- film between that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We- Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at irreverent underscore nerds plural. We are on Facebook. Our fan page is simply called The Irreverent Nerds. We're on YouTube, The Irreverent Nerd. And if you go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, you can support us for 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. You can also send us a voice message, which we may include in a future episode. Fellow nerds, until next time... Make it so. Engage. Avengers Assemble! I'm Batman.